I hope it's a polar bear. Oh my god, a polar bear would be great. <laughs> or a panda bear. Yeah. Oh, a panda go. bear. Oh, they're so dumb. I love it. Or a or a poo bear. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds just like Brian walking around with just a shirt on, no pants. Which is the, the worst look for any man ever. <laughs> right? Shirt, no pants, and socks. You have to have the socks too to like tie the whole thing together. <laughs> It's like Gonzo's wearing a hoodie that's too big for him. <laughs> that's so exactly funny. it. It's so gross. This is the Still Talking Podcast, our distilling industry. Oh, wait, no. Fuck, I fucked it up. God damn it. I'm having we'll to do it again because <laughs> I just have to edit that now. <laughs> no, great. no. That's our intro yeah, from now on. That is a good one out. It's just me screaming Tourette's. At the listener. Why are you screaming the word Tourette's? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Do you think that's ever happened? Like someone with Tourette's screams that's Tourette's? Their word. Absolutely. Like, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, do they have specific words that they scream? Uh, well, so, right? Because it's all, it's usually like curse words. And I mean, not well, usually. But, Colton, you're not going to look uh, it up anyway. Can you tell us based on how no, you think it yeah. would be? <laughs> well, when I'm in the lobby of the Taco Bell Hotel and I see everyone around screaming. <laughs> There's just one guy that screams Tourette's. <laughs> well, it's really, you know, it's kind of helpful because you know exactly what's going on. You're like, oh, okay, that guy must have Tourette's because he's screaming Tourette's. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. I'm not a doctor, but I don't I don't think that's how it works. Uh, Dr. Zeno, that is, I would not go to that clinic. Yeah. You are coming out with way more than you went in with. Yeah, I check your reflexes to make sure they don't work. <laughs> Ew. Uh, anyway, this is the Still Talking Podcast, our reverent distilling industry podcast with Colton Zeno and myself, Brian. Today, we are not going to continue talking about the Taco Bell Hotel. Instead, we're going to jump into some news and maybe some sort of topic that we'll make up on the fly, because that's how we fucking roll. I think it's the year of vodka. I thought that's what we were going to talk about. <laughs> I th- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I still don't understand what our range of years are, but uh, I like the idea that every month we have a new year of something. <laughs> it's a different kind of calendar. Right. All right. First in the news, do, do we want to hear about events? Do you guys care about drinking events? I've got a couple of those. If they're good. Yeah, I, I mean, sure. I don't. I don't like going to them because that means you have to socialize with people. Oh, but that's the worst. Yeah. So new this year, join Mount Vernon for its George Washington Whiskey Festival on November 9th, six p.m. to nine p.m. That's a short event, uh, but they always bring in a lot of really pretty big big name people, and I think this is the first one that's open to the public. So that could be kind of George cool. Washington, Thomas Jefferson. They do. They they resurrect him from the grave. And he and Jesus make some, and all. make some booze together. <laughs> I want to make sure I offend as many people as possible. Uh, as long as you just draw a picture of Muhammad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the barrel of whiskey that they, they make. Yeah. That's... <laughs> that, they, that they're drinking out of. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I am proud and of that. I really just went after the Muslims there. I'm sorry, listener, if you happen to be Muslim, I have nothing against you. Besides the terrible jokes that you make. <laughs> I mean, that's against everyone and their terribleness. All right. Also, there's the Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Uh, I've not been to that one. You guys ever go to that one? I know that's a pretty big one every year. 
And this one goes on September 20th and 21st. And they usually have a pretty big lineup of bands and products and things like that. So it's like big acts, right? Like it's big music. Yeah. Acts. It's more about music. Exactly. It's a pretty big deal though. Anyway, so those are some of your events. You're welcome. If you want more, let us know. Otherwise, I will never read those again. Moving on. I think Guns N' Roses is going to be there. There. Did you just make that up on the spot? <laughs> I can neither deny or confirm. Uh, uh, okay. We're going to move on. I basically just needed filler so I didn't immediately jump in more discus news because I feel like that's all we're covering right now is discus news because they are blasting <laughs> the world with their press releases and they're sometimes actually really interesting. This one... Uh, Colton found too. Uh, Old Smoky Distillery LLC joins Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, and they're joining as a director member, which I believe brings up the actual number of Discus membership to 15 now. And that is not to be confused with their Small Spirits Council or their Spirits United initiative, which are separate yet integrated systems. So my understanding is they're actually a voting member now. Yeah, what I didn't like about that press release was they're like, the biggest craft distillery or the, the phrasing oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, was, yeah. Nation's largest craft distiller to join <laughs> Discus Board of Directors. Right. Yeah, we all know that's Beam Factory. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I think there's a better way to phrase that, right? Yeah. Than yeah. yeah, I would agree that that one is a little convoluted in its messaging. I would say MGP is the biggest craft. Whoa. There you go. It's true. They're already yeah, in they there, are. though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. So that, what else do we have for news here? Colton, the one you sent me. That's it. You wanted some vodka stuff. You had a really interesting piece on vodka. Tell us more about that, so you know. I didn't have it. Uh, Colton sent it. I don't actually <laughs> look at the things you send me, guys. Just, we'll pretend that I or, did. Or who the email from. <laughs> I don't actually have email. That's the problem, Okay. <laughs> you have Amanda print all your emails out. And yep. Put them in a three ring binder and collate them and bring them to me <laughs> on a platter. Man, I, she is, a- she is so much better than I am. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's not true at all. I have to basically bring her food every day so that she'll consider staying with me. I married so far above my station. It's not even funny. <laughs> Is that like you bringing, going out and hunting? And <laughs> Except in this case, back? I go to Trader Joe's <laughs> <laughs> and bring dead animals back to her. Yeah, that's... And brings rebranded dead animals back. <laughs> yeah. But at an affordable price. Yeah. Come on, guys. Neat. All right, what the fuck are we talking about with the vodka stuff? Somebody clue me in. I'm totally all over the place. We have like two minutes of podcast. So right? This is not helpful. Oh. I, sorry, I am. Uh, we're on deadline. We go to print on Monday, so I have accomplished nothing in preparation of this podcast, which I usually don't, but it really shows now. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I spit yeah. my teeth out onto the bar top the other day. Um, not like on purpose. I was like, Ugh. but Was it like a power yeah. move? Yeah, it's like dominant. the ultimate alpha move. <laughs> That's how I order my old granddad now. I just spit my teeth out. <laughs> Since it was two teeth, they gave me a double. Um, <sighs> no, I have fake teeth because of hockey and I don't know, just when I was a kid. You never get, and when you say, you know, I lose teeth playing hockey, it was like, oh yeah, it's not like the pros. You always wear a mask when you're a kid and everything. No, it's like when you're fucking around practicing or your dad hit, knocks it out of your mouth or something like that. Um 
by accident. Of course, he did. Do you need to share some stories about childhood trauma? I mean, we're here for you if you need to do that. No, that's all right. My dad passed away like 12 years ago. We don't have to talk about that. Oh, that's going to make my dad jokes way more awkward. But I'm still not holding back. I'm I'm not a good person. No, they shouldn't. No, I just did it to fuck with you guys. He's definitely dead. Um, yeah. I actually want like diamond teeth, just straight up diamonds. Not like a diamond in a tooth, but just a diamond. Um, just a giant diamond tooth. I'm okay giant. with this. I'm, unfortunately, my distilling career is not conducive to affording such things. <laughs> The vodka thing, if we want to bring it back. We can roll back to distilling information. <laughs> Let's just make it a, we haven't done a spirit specific episode in a really long time. Actually. Yeah. So let's just do a vodka. Everyone loves vodka. Yeah, I thought the vodka, that vodka article was pretty interesting. It's about how the the EU is going to change their regulations or is in the middle of changing the regulations um, to what what vodka is, is considered what you can make it out of how much sugar you can have in it and you know which direction are they going are they going more like neutral model non-neutral model i mean because there's a difference between like european and american kind of you know preconceived notions of vodka right well i think they're still keeping it i think it's more about the base spirit i guess there's a sect of the eu countries that wanted wanted it to be just has to be okay. grain or potato based, um, and obviously that created issues with some other large producers like Diageo, um, who wanted to keep selling Ciroc as vodka. I think the, the what jumped out at me about the article was the flavor carrier, and that's what vodka is known as, right? Who the who do you know? that just orders like I'll have a vodka on the rocks. No one. I'm sure there are people, but that's like such a tiny subset of any market. I understand as someone who makes vodka only currently, um, that is actually how I drink it. But did you drink it that way prior? No, but that was the whole point is that we wanted to make something that we wanted to drink like that. Um, You actually wanted to help, build a market around the goal which is actually kind of smart because if no one else is doing it then there's a potential in the market well i mean it's a shame because yeah that's just it but all of europe is doing it there's other there's vodkas that are out there that are (laughs) are good that probably should be drank like that where you can taste the base spirit you can say oh hey this says this characteristic or that characteristic but that's not what we do with vodka at all, right? We're like, let's make vodka as neutral as possible as the word I'll use it just means nothing, but well, it does mean something, but clean, as clean as possible, right? Right. And, you know, clean, as I think it's important as a distiller, you can still be clean and interesting as opposed to clean and just total neutrality. So... I think that's kind of what I was getting from the article is like the total neutrality of it all. It's like, you know, people order a vodka so they can taste cranberry or Coke or whatever it is they're mixing their vodka with. Not so much they want to taste the vodka itself. And that's what I got out of the article. Um, but I just read it. Like two words of it right now. That's, 
I want to set the stage real quick, just a little bit in terms of the U S especially on the craft side, vodka historically has been a product you make to get cash flow while your other products are aging. I mean, that's kind of a staple. It's not true everywhere, but that is historically what's happened over the last few years. And in addition to that, kind of the national and international stage has been that vodka has been flat or declining in sales for a while now. But we've talked about this before that vodka does potentially have a chance for maybe a resurgence or at least a reinvention, which is, you know, essentially what you've kind of focused on, Zeno. What have you been seeing now that you've been doing this for a while? Are you getting out in the market? Are you talking to consumers? Are you actually seeing this? Are you seeing that come to fruition? Are you actually seeing consumers interested in drinking vodka or consuming it in a different way than they historically have? I mean, when it comes to my brand, sure. But that be, that's because it comes with a sidecar of education or, right, or discussion with it. right? So there's, right. there's people, I would say the educated consumer is all about it. They're like, oh, wow, this has depth of character to it. Uh, but, you know, no one, I don't think, I'm not a marketing person, but I'm pretty sure that trying to educate the consumer is not a good marketing plan. So um, that's not really what our goal is either. So am I seeing success? Sure. Bartenders are like, okay, this is really interesting. I can do other things with it than just dump it into something where you taste everything else. Um, I, I definitely seen it's the people that, are like, I will say, probably use us as an example, that we don't really drink vodka because it doesn't taste like anything. So it's a good vodka for people like us. But however, there are people that drink vodka that want it to taste like nothing. And they're like, okay, well, this is odd to them because it's different. So there's, um, we're trying to walk that line a little bit. And I do think that's where vodka, I hope that's where vodka goes because then it's just another spirit that I'm interested in drinking. And right. uh, I because I've gone down this road of what I'm making, I've actually tried some other ones. I'm like, oh yeah, that is kind of interesting. No, this is, you know, I've branched out to, I've drank more vodkas than I ever would have in the other way. Um, I want to quote this article though, when we're talking about this, because I really like this. I'm going to quote the quote. If you're paying a premium, why should it taste like nothing? That more or less complies with the EU's definition of a spirit. Distilled so that the organoleptic characteristics of the raw material used and byproducts formed in fermentation are selectively reduced. That's kind of saying exactly what we're saying, right? Right. Why we want it to taste like a... That is the creepiest creaking door I've ever heard in my life. Oh, God. <laughs> Give me a minute. No, just kidding. Everything's cool. Amanda just came up to the studio. <laughs> uh, but the studio. Yeah, I've got a dungeon. She's got a yeah, studio. Studio. Whoa. <laughs> It sounded like Foley art to make me upset. Like, <laughs> like just a slow creaking of a door. Your house they did not like the right. slow creaking of the door. It freaked him out. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's pretty much everything about the house in the woods would terrify the shit out of you, which is why I'm really excited for you to come over and stay sometime. It sounds terrifying. I'm a city guy, man. <laughs> I know you are a city boy. That's why you're going to have so much fun. Did you tell him about the bear? No, I haven't told them about the bear yet. We think we have a bear what? living around the place. Uh, I, is that a good or a bad thing? <laughs> yeah. That's very open-minded. Been... Yeah, bears are cool. Yeah. Is it a pretty, like a, a watch uh, We don't know yet. We're, we've got a trail cam outside. Hopefully we'll pick it up at night one of these days. 
and actually see if it's there. I hope it's a polar bear. Oh my god, a polar bear would be great. <laughs> or a panda bear. Yeah. Oh, a panda go. bear. Oh, they're so dumb. I love it. Or a or a poo bear. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds just like Brian walking around with just a shirt on, no pants. Which is the, the worst look for any man ever. <laughs> right? Shirt, no pants, and socks. Yeah. You have to have the socks too to like tie the whole thing together. <laughs> It's like Gonzo's wearing a hoodie that's too big for him. <laughs> that's so exactly funny. it. It's so gross. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that's the best one ever, guys. I love it. So back to vodka. <laughs> back to vodka. Um, so, yeah, I think... <sighs> Go ahead, Colton. Oh, no, I was I was going to change it. I was going to say that <clears throat> um, it's actually... Canada is doing the exact same thing. I just looked it up. Um, where they're changing their rules so they can use new ingredients besides just potatoes and cereal grain for, for their base, which I think kind of goes to, to Zeno's point where we're seeing the trend of just building on vodka can taste like stuff. Let's, let's give it character and depth. Right. Cause otherwise, how do you di- differentiate it? Now they, now Canada currently has a, a weird, uh, that I don't, a stipulation that I don't think I've seen elsewhere where, has to be vodka must be made from grain or potato spirits treated with charcoal and devoid of distinct character aroma or taste. So they're changing that part, but does it, I don't think it has to be treated with charcoal anywhere else. Does it? Do they have any kind of stipulations on how many times it must be filtered or anything like that? Uh, no, just treated with charcoal. So I guess, yes, you could put one charcoal, in your transfer hose right and call it good oh i was just gonna say it made me think when i was over at uh cutwater spirits they had their vodka still set up and in one part of their filtration system the guy had put in like a custom valve with like a diamond inside so just for pure marketing and he knows it's marketing he can say it's diamond filtered which is of course absolute horseshit but those are the kind of things historically people have done to make vodka stand out is like pouring it over the body of models or diamond filtering or 80 times filtered or whatever that is. So it is nice to see it move away from that. Hopefully. All Bolden gets filtered through my chest hair, um, <laughs> which is as hard as diamonds. Just, yeah, that's right. Just the hair. It's like chewed bubble gum, but the hair is really hard. Oh. Uh. Oh. That's not at all true. Bolden is not filtered that way. In case listener drinks Yeah, Bolden. disclaimer. Um, <laughs> yeah. But his chest hair definitely touches it. <laughs> there's there's actually an interesting part of the article, too. It said, thanks to gin, everyone's a lot more savvy about their spirits. I would think that's so, true, because gin kind of was is the... It's the other clear spirit, right? It's the pork. I totally the agree with that. Meat. But an easier, an easier spirit to say, to tell a consumer, hey, this is different than what you've had before. For vodka, yeah. you have to be a little more nuanced. You don't need um, recipe approval for gin, right? Isn't that a weird thing? I find that odd. Yeah, you can put whatever you want. You can put whatever the hell you want in it, really. <laughs> Pretty right? much. So it's like, so it's let it's letting people. I, I mean, it's good because they can see a, a variety of things instead of oh man, gin tastes like pine needles or gin tastes like oranges and pine needles. Oxycontin gin. <laughs> 
Viagra gin. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Now we're talking. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. even have a catchy pun for that. I'm too fucking tired. <laughs> yeah. When you're hard up, why don't you get hard up? <laughs> <sighs> well, there we go. Why take a little purple pill? Take a big clear chug. I Did you say watching purple? Pill? Which one's purple? Isn't it blue? I'm pretty sure Viagra's purple. I thought, I thought it was blue. blue. Pretty sure That's it's blue. blue. Brian and I would know. Yeah, we would know. <laughs> we we're constantly popping Viagra. Only when we're on the podcast, though. Yeah. Keeps in us our in Pooh Bear outfits. In our Pooh Bear outfits. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's light blue. Sorry. Oh my god, you must feel like a complete moron. <laughs> I've only I've only taken half a Cialis for recreation purposes. Is Cialis purple? Yeah. Maybe that's where you're going with it. I don't remember. Uh, it was in his gin. How would he know? That's yeah. right. You just crumb. Mixed up with my botanicals. <laughs> Suck on that TTB. What? Oh, this is it's gone downhill fast. Definitely. Been... Yeah. We we don't want the title of this episode to be "Suck on that TTB." <laughs> that would be again. I'm pretty sure we get a few extra hits, but I think I think the title is actually Viagra colon Suck on that TTB. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, everyone's getting an audit. Everyone who downloads the episode is getting audited. It also says at the bottom of that article, you know, Absolute promoted vodka with nothing to hide and made a short film featuring 28 employees running through wheat fields. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah. On its website, Grey Goose claims it'll be 100% traceable from crop to cork. I actually thought that was an interesting part of it, where they were talking about how traceability has been really a really big thing for the small guys, you know, something that we promote a little bit more, but mm-hmm. part of this rule change is, is going to help to open up the transparency for the bigger brands to, you know, help show consumers where their, their spirits are coming from. That's interesting. Cause if they're kind of, if they've been sort of not skirting the regulations, but on the very edge of being within regulation, they're probably, they've probably been hiding some of their sources and things like that. But. Well, it's not even necessarily hiding, but when you're getting your ingredients from, you know, a, a mass producer, it can be really hard to track down where it comes because essentially they just, you know, they're putting all these grains together from multiple farms, multiple locations. I mean, because that's cost effective. So it's not necessarily they're trying to hide it. It's just really hard to track down where the hell the individual grains are coming from. They're clearly attacking a couple brands here. With their statements, they're saying like uh, Grey Goose claims 100% trades with Crop to Cork. Yeah, I said that. And they said, don't fall for the myths, which is followed by three statements. Yeah. All vodka is gluten-free. <laughs> Writing handmade on a bottle bottle is easy. And if you need to distill it more than once, you need better <laughs> ingredients. Which is kind of awesome to say that, right? Like, I, I hate when I see, back to the filtration, like, oh, filtered. 8,000 times through through one know, one micron right yeah and or distilled 47 times i'm like well is it really well, for the longest time quality vodka essentially just meant neutral so the more neutral the less flavor it had the i guess quote unquote better it was which again people in the industry i don't necessarily think ever had that 
you know, perspective, but that was the broader consumer base. That's what they know. So if we can change that, I'm totally on board with that. I agree. Well, I think we're definitely going to see a change in that. One of the, at least ACSA's comments for the TTB proposal was to classify a distillation as a full vaporization and and condensation of the spirit. So you couldn't just use a rectifying plate as a distillation. Okay. Why? That's vaporization and the condensation. Not fully though. Basically we didn't we I don't I don't think we want someone to have a 40 plate still and say that they've distilled their vodka 40 times, right? That's fair, but I, yeah. I, yeah, okay. I don't know if that's really going to help, though. I mean, I think it'll help in just you know in marketing and branding of it, where you can get to to get to some of the more important qualifiers. I agree, but I think that really what's happening is that it's all going to pivot first, where there's going to be more transparency and honesty to what the fuck that actually means, right? Um, so. The people that are like, oh man, it's 40 times distilled. Who, what one of us, who, like, who the fuck says that, right? That's purely, that's because it's a vodka thing that it's really about the brand. When it starts to become a little bit about the liquid, because let's be honest, all booze is about the brand, but a little bit more about the liquid as like something a whiskey or a rum would be, because it's the year of rum. When it becomes a little bit more like that, that then all that other shit doesn't matter. Right, then you can drop the 40 times distilled. And whether you can legally say it or not, maybe I'm hoping it won't matter as much. Right, because people are going right. to see through the bullshit. It's, oh, it's, it's gluten free. So is every fucking distilled spirit ever. Well, yeah, but I, you know, you can't say that if it was made from a gluten source. Yeah, you can. You'd have to go through the testing. You, you, so the problem with saying gluten free. Because pretty much all distillate is going to be gluten free, right? Because it's it's not coming across in the distillate. But that actual well, I add bags of gluten into ours. <laughs> no, so exactly. So that's the reason you need to qualify for a gluten free label is because if it's produced in a, in an area with gluten. So say you've got you know your base ingredients there that have gluten in them. If you're bottling in the same facility, you have to prove that some of that isn't getting in the bottle. So some of the dust, something like that, isn't somehow transitioning over into your final product. So even though the distillate isn't going to have gluten in it, yeah. you have to have your packaging, you know, basically resistant or you know, basically make sure that's not an issue. You have to be bottling in separate areas. So there are a few steps. Oh my god, I I can't wait to see a bottle that says gluten resistant. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> We actually, we actually filter through, uh, yeah. Gluten. yeah, we, yeah. Oh, someone made that joke at one of the last events I was at. They're like, yeah, I'm just going to add gluten to it and just call it like fucking gluten plus just, just really fuck with people. Gluten plus <laughs> vodka. It's, it's funny. Cause at the end of that article, it says the big brands will start shifting their message to craft family and all those other lovely PR words they like using, which it, you know, this is all, this article is pro Bolden, pro Zeno. Whoa, did you write this article, Zeno? Is it? Yes, yeah, yeah, actually, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's on, uh, it's just a Word document that I'm sharing with you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, this was kind of the whole, let's be honest, 
I, it's not like I came to New Orleans and I was like, all right, we're going to make this vodka and we're going to make a vodka that we want to drink. This plan was already set in place. They asked me, like they wanted me to lead it, right? So this, a lot of this has to do with that. My owner's from Scotland, so he's he's familiar with what vodka right. is like in other parts of the world. So I, I, I do think it bodes well for, and again, I want other people to do it. I want vodka to be something. Right? I want it. I want people to, when I ask that question three years from now, hey, do you ever hear people order vodka on the rocks? Well, maybe you do, because there's things out want, there that people want to do. Do you want, would you like to see a different classification for neutral grain vodka versus character vodka? Like if you if it's in the liquor store sitting on a shelf, would you like that to be two different sections? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know if that helps or hurts you, right? Yeah, because basically you're like you said, you're going if it's a different section, you're going after the people who who understand or ed, or more educated consumers. Yeah, what well one benefit that would have right off the bat is spirits competitions. If you had two different categories, you know, say a London London dry versus you know, like an old Tom or something on the gin side, that helps establish to the spirits judge's mind how they're rating it. So if you had that on a vodka side, so you do when you have when you have spirits judges in a in a competition, you have traditionalists who think that vodka should be totally neutral, and then you have others that are more, you know, say come from a European model or are more on the craft side and they want to taste some of the base ingredient coming through. So you kind of have this back and forth between them where they don't always agree. I think having that classification system, at least on the spirit side, would help get better metals or at least be a little more open to, you know, that non-traditional style. So I could see that really bleeding over there and then probably helping out on the consumer side as well. Yeah. I mean, I was on a vodka panel and that was the exact thing. I mean, it's not fair when there's a bunch of neutral spirit and then someone's making it and I'm it, I mean, it's clear as day a lot of times. Just because, and let's say this, right? Just because it's not neutral, just because it's different doesn't mean it's good either, right? Like there's lots of whiskeys I don't like too. that are You can be heavy-handed in your vodka too. You can still have, be characterful and be true to the nature of the, the, the raw material that you're using, but it still has to be clean and, and well-distilled, like crafted well. Where what I'm saying is you can't just be sloppy like oh well I'm making this type of vodka because you know screw neutral vodka I don't want to use it like that either because then you're just making a crutch for people right to put up crap right right exactly so what okay it's you know in your mind what is that delineation point between a white dog and vodka um. I hate to say it, but there is a certain level of neutrality just because of the how the proof or, or the percentage that you're distilling it to, right? How much rectification you have in that spirit itself. You should not have a bunch okay. of long chain alcohols, right? You should not have a bunch of tails. It should be still a pretty, it should be a relatively clean spirit, right? As opposed to, I mean, when you're making a whiskey or a white dog, having some of those long chain alcohols is really great for you if you're going to put it in a barrel and let it age out and, you know, have all these interesting esters happen over time. But when you're making a vodka, there's no hiding behind it. It's almost like 
the way I've approached vodka now, it's almost like making a good Bohemian Pilsner, right? Which I love Bohemian Pilsner. You can't really hide behind overhopped. You can't hide behind chocolate vaults. It's like that beer is what it is. It's refined. Yeah, and your process and better have been on point. Right, and I, I think I think vodka is the same way, but with not to the point where it's fucking fuel. So you're really trying to thread that needle. You are trying to thread that needle. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not even saying I haven't. I'm doing it right. Like, I mean, it's constant tweaks that I still do. Um, but that is the balance that I'm trying to take personally and what we're doing. But I think that's kind of what I'm reading these articles and other articles like this. It kind of seems like that's, that's the way too. It's like, well, yes, this is still vodka, but it's not, it's not neutral, mindless, put it in my... I don't know, cranberry juice, orange juice, tomato juice. Oh, I know how to mix vodka. <laughs> oh, no. So that's a great segue. That was something that's I was it. trying to figure out too. So, okay, yeah. we've got product. We've got vodka that has more nuance to it. It has some flavor. We're actually getting some of those base ingredients coming through, whether it's potato or whatever it is. It's got something to it. It's a little more robust. People could drink it neat. But again, a vast majority of people are still going to mix this. Do we have to adapt to how we're mixing this it's maybe just not a traditional you know whatever the fuck you throw in a vodka but how would you say you know if you're working with a bartender what would you tell them about how to approach these more flavorful vodkas what should they do with them how should they adapt to them so that consumers will actually appreciate them as opposed to it competing with that flavor of the cranberry or whatever the fuck well i think that's kind of where you come come back to that question where how do you delineate it from a from a white dog? Okay, I think that you should be able to put it in a fucking martini, and you should be able to put it in a, in a highball, right? It should match up, and it's it can add to that, or you should be able to put it in a bloody mary. It can give depth to that, but it can't, right? It can't detract from that. Where so it's still got to be complementary to a classic cocktail that you'd make a vodka with. I think so. I think so, right? I think you need to write like write a martini, a, a bloody mary. So almost you're going for character and heavier on texture side than it is on aroma and flavor side. Yeah, I, I really think that. I think the hardest part is really is the aroma, the flavor thing. You can get, I mean, because I mean, obviously most of our flavor comes from the aroma, anyways, right? So I think that if they you can refine that down, you can still have a character. I mean. Mine's 30% wheat, so there is definitely a mouthfeel to it, just like there are with weeded whiskeys and anything that you've had with wheat in it. Weeded beers even have a different mouthfeel, right? So I, I think that really, what I'd like to see is, you know, you get, take five of these vodkas that we're talking about that have, that are true to the characteristic of the raw material, and you make the same cocktail with each of them. and there's just a subtle difference to each one. That's the way I feel like it should be. Just like if you were to use five different whiskeys in a old fashioned, right? There would be subtle differences, but they would taste basically the same. Would do, can we agree yeah, on that? Five different bourbons yeah. or something that's the same yeah, type right. of whiskey. You take a bur- right. You take an old granddad. You take a Buffalo Trace. So I will say I did find uh, I think it's uh, I think it's gone under, but there was a vodka company out of 
think it was out of Australia. It was called Shitsky Vodka. And it went the exact opposite direction of everything else. It went, uh, the label (laughs) says, huge batch, flush distilled once, parentheses twice (laughs) if the first time didn't work. Uh, And then uh, not, uh, not craft or artisan at all. So that's all like large on the front label. That's kind of great. I wonder what it tastes like. Uh, all of the marketing, because it was a Shitsky vodka, was uh, like they got their water from the Shit River. And, uh, you know, it, it seemed like a, a huge joke that someone tried to make money off of. Joe, the guy who's like my dad, he like, he like got me into making alcohol in any way. Um, he used to tell me, you know, way back in the day, he's like, you can make vodka from a boot, right? <laughs> so I, I had, and he's, you know, so I had this dream one day of like somehow getting the sh- sugars out of boots and making like one bottle of vodka and distilling it and just distilling this fucking one bottle and selling <laughs> it for an exorbitant amount of money and like have a little vial inside it with a little scroll in it. It said, you just drank vodka made from a boot because it's fucking vodka. All right. But I I think that uh, people should drink more vodkas. Yes. With with character. Yeah. It's it's the month and a half of vodka. So you should definitely jump on the bandwagon. I'm not just saying that because I make a vodka. (laughs) I think that there's a lot more out there. I mean, uh, Nika makes a vodka, which is interesting. I've not tried that. So. Yeah, on their on their coffee on their coffee still. It's, yeah, on their coffee still. There's one like uh, there, there's all there's there's interesting vodkas out there. And what what I think is really interesting about the Nika one is they do all of their they're very specific about their um the color of their labels for each product. Yeah, uh, as, as it relates to the flavor of the spirit. So I think that the Nika vodka is what light blue. Yeah, it is. Right? So they're, but that's telling you right there, they, they are seeing it as something with character and taste, right? right? It's not a white label or a clear label. Yeah, exactly. Right. Where actually Suntory just had a, they just released the vodka not too long ago too. Like, cause they had their Roku gin and they had another one that's a vodka. But yeah, they're out there. I mean, if other people are trying to do them, they're, there's room in this category and mainly I want people to make them again, not because I'm, because I want to, I want to drink more interesting spirits, right? Currently I'm drinking rum. I drink a lot of rum because of where I live and I'm really interested in it, but you know, I got kind of burnt out on American whiskey because where I used to live and what I used right. to drink and make. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, I, I always love scotch and brandy and, all those things. But like, I, I've been really interested if vodka was yet another thing. To- well, I, I think everything you've said goes to the fact that vodka has had a couple really rough years in terms of growth. So I think it does have to adapt and evolve if it wants to start gaining back some of that market share. I mean, obviously it's still got a massive market share. Yeah. That's the one thing. Yes, it has had slow or negative growth, but it's still a massive percentage of right. It's, it's sales. huge. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's 
classic capitalism. If it's not growing, there's something wrong, right? So I think I think all these companies are looking at that and saying, okay, how do we get back some of this market share? And there's always ups and downs. I mean, bourbon and whiskey have gone through this as well. And I think we'll see that. Things will start to diminish. Things will grow. Old things will be new again. So I think the timing could be right for seeing some of these, like you said, Zeno, you know, something a little different, something, you know, people actually drinking vodka neat. It could definitely come back or establish itself. So we'll see. I think it's got some promise. I mean, we may be completely wrong, but I personally would like to see that because I'm a sucker for anything that's a little bit different and actually has some flavor. And eventually someone will start making vodka creams. And that's where that's, that's your where innovation I right there. That's my innovation right there. Vodka cream, baby, send it my way. I think a couple big brands or something that comes out and establishes a good brand really is going to break the mold on that, right? Don't get me wrong. I hope it's Bolden. That would be amazing. I was, but, I was just waiting for yeah. you to throw in like, and that <laughs> has happened with yeah. Bolden Vodka. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, but that would be really cool. I mean, I know I do think there needs to be a huge brand built. We have a lot of work on that regard. That's not my end of the business. But like, I think that, you know, something either, either a place that has established brands and can do that or a place that really is. I mean, they, we need a Tito's like that, but not Tito's necessarily. Oh my God. Is this the first time we've talked about Tito's in an entire podcast about vodka? <laughs> That's a pretty good point. They make a small amount. Oh my God. Cause that I mean, it's not the first time. Cause we casually mentioned it in that article. Right. Without, yes. without naming names. Well, it is funny too, because if you look at it, if you break down the numbers on a lot of these craft data projects where it shows the craft growth and you know, basically small, small or independent producer growth phases, like a huge percentage of it is Tito's because Tito is so massive in its growth year after year that it's just ridiculous. Like it definitely. Do you think that they're going to, are they going to end up like Sam Adams where they define the top tier of the top craft? uh, Yeah. Where as they grow craft spirits, range gets larger and larger that's a really interesting question i think they could they haven't for a very specific reason that tito has not been involved in any of the associations that kind of negotiate or set those standards like tito is not really involved with discus they're not involved with acsa they're not involved with adi they don't do much on the state level with any of the guilds there they might do a little with the texas guilds they a little bit i think but Eventually, I mean, essentially, Tito is an island. You know, they're just, they control the world and what they do, and they are not heavily involved with any of the national trade associations or any of that. I mean, they just, they kind of don't care. He was at Austin for what I think it was the second ACSA convention. He was the keynote speaker, which was really interesting. But after that, I don't know exactly what happened between him and ACSA, but they don't work together as well anymore. And so he has not been interested in setting those standards of what craft is. I mean, besides some of the lawsuits that happened with, you know, handcrafted and things like that, which I think all that stuff is blown over now. I think so. Yeah. So no, I, the difference between him and Sam Adams is Sam Adams has always been heavily involved in like the Brewers Guild or the Brewers Association. Tito is not. Tito doesn't really care. Could that change? Yeah. Tito could definitely come in at some point and say, hey, all right, I want to be a member. You guys need to fit me in somehow. And I could see that negotiation happening, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I guess it would depend on 
you know how much of the regulations he wants to change if it's just scale that's one thing but if there's a bunch of things that exclusively benefit these large you know acsa needs to now only focus on tariffs that would be an issue right well i mean i guess that comes down to it too is like who is tito's biggest competitor in the vodka market it's not other craft distillers it's importers so it's smeared off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tito yeah. doesn't give a damn about the guy down the road making, you know, 10,000 gallons a year. That doesn't matter to him. You know, he's worried about, like you said, Smirnoff and the other importers. He's more worried about what's going on with them and how, how much they can undercut the market and kind of flood the market with cheaper priced vodka that may look premium. So he's going to, he's going to be more interested in that, which ACSA is not hyper involved with. That's more of a, kind of discus issue but none of the other members on the board of discus i think would necessarily align with what he would want either so that's probably another reason he hasn't been involved with any of those groups and also he doesn't really need to i mean again he's just he's just a wrecking ball in terms of marketing and what they've grown i want to go back to what's really i think has hurt the vodka brand too i hate to say it is i think craft has really hurt the vodka brand because there's so many SKUs now because it's the first thing that people can do, right? They can buy sure. a neutral spirit and they can bottle it, slap a label on it, and they have income, right? So I think when that's so flooded, that that is just the expectation for vodka now, right? That, but that didn't most people, I mean, I would make that argument for gin maybe over, I would say more craft distillers come out with a gin before a vodka now i don't think that was the case five years ago i think five years ago everyone did vodka first then they leaned into a gin if they could do it right and get some money as and that was kind of the progression vodka gin age spirit which i mean i understand why you would do that and i think that we're growing out of that now as the industry matures or the sect of the industry matures yeah now you're seeing bourbon creams everywhere hey i'm okay with it yeah, we joke about it, but that honestly, people are making the money in terms of non-standard liqueurs, DSS, that you have so much range for innovation there, fucking around with different products, skews, ingredients, flavor profiles. You can do all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah. And that's really, especially again, if you're competing on a hyper local market, maybe kind of working with local ingredients and things like that, or something kind of culturally relevant to your area. Those flavored liqueurs and things like that, that's that's kind of that's what gets people's attention. And really, I mean, distributors, that's kind of what they're looking for now, too. I mean, distributors for five, six years now have been saying, don't come in my office with a vodka and a gin. Like, don't waste my time. What do you have that's different, innovative, and interesting that you actually can sell it to consumers and get them excited? If you don't have something like that, you're not going to get a major distributor to even talk to you. Look at Tim's Falerno. Right, like that's a great killing it. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that thing's and it's crazy good too. I mean, I can't. How many Falernums do I drink though? Right, one Tim's. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's it. Like if if we're having this conversation with brand new startups or people that have just got up and uh, up and running or they're going to be up and running in a few months, like yeah, make a vodka, make a gin. That's great, but that's not. I mean, you've got to come up with something. If you're if your goal is whiskey down the line. And you've got to keep cash flow rolling, do something innovative, do some sort of liqueur, bourbon cream so I can drink it, or at least something that will get your, your consumer's attention. 
Fair enough. There is hope too. There is uh looks like there's a global vodka alliance that was established. Interesting. Who's with that? Is there a list of people on that? Just Tito. Just Tito. Just Tito. That would be awesome. Uh, not accepting new <laughs> members currently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, ben Lindsay, director of Garnish Communications, who set up the global vodka alliance well, if it, in 2017. If it's anything we've learned, we need more groups, more associations. I mean, the more the better. <laughs> I think that's all about getting through the bullshit, like sweeteners, ingredient-wise, and you know, handmade and swimming through all that bullshit to get to really like, okay, what is it actually that I'm drinking or what yeah, is they it? have? I'm, I'm on their website now. They have like a whole education section that has like the different styles of vodka. Wait, I fucking love that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Right. And Eastern, that's... So just going through it, there's Eastern style, Western style flavored aged and rested, which I don't think you can do in America, but maybe maybe if you call it rested, but I think the definition is an unaged spirit. So, yeah, there's a few people in Oregon that were doing like a Starka style, and I don't think I don't know. I think they had to call it Starka. I don't think they were able to call it a vodka, but essentially, yeah, they put it in a barrel for like 30 days with like different additives and things like that. The guy, the guy from Chopin, just puts it in giant neutral. Yeah that's an age of some of his stuff but he also makes that one where he distills it to you know 160 proof and it's a single nice. varietal potato so nice. he does all kinds of crazy shit he's all about i'm sure he's part of the global vodka alliance. you know i tell you what anyone anyone who messes around with potato vodka and is doing it halfway decent has my respect because i understand how incredibly difficult potato is to work with in terms of its fermentation time the mess that it makes like it's oh. it is a, a, a sacrification like yeah mashing it like it just yeah. everything about it it's like yeah con- you know hydrolyzing the starches like everything yeah. about it is a pain in the ass all right yeah. so i wish i wish we had uh looked at this website sooner maybe at the don't, beginning the don't you try and get us educated though <laughs> so east eastern style eastern style vodka is some vodkas have natural flavors created by the base ingredients that are not filtered out. These vodkas are categorized as Eastern style and often referred to as craft. Where Western style is most vodkas are neutral and often uh, the aim of the producer is to make it as pure as possible. That's Western. So what we've been talking about this whole time is just this difference. Eastern versus Western. All right. Uh, speaking of all those things, I was at the beach. Uh, I think I told you guys um, Wait, wait, can you can you set the the visual scene for us? Like were you on a towel, your shirt was off? Like give the listener something to work I with. I said I said banana. I, I hammock. picture you wearing I picture you wearing like nineteen thirties nice. style swimsuits. I don't know what that is, but if you guys missed it, I said banana hammock. Very specifically. I'd wake up early in the mornings, don't wouldn't put a towel down, just do my yoga uh. right in the sand with my banana hammock. I like to get sand in all my crevices. It really helps me stretch out. That's what you come for, listener. Um, actually, the banana hammock, the banana hammock joke is actually for Rob because I texted him. I was like, "Hey, sorry, uh, haven't gotten back to you. I was on on the beach on vacation." He said something about a banana hammock. He's like, "I hope it got full use." And I'm like, "Gross." You know why it's gross, Rob? Because you had to picture it when you said it. <laughs> um. 
but anyways, the whole point of that was we're talking about, you know, you go on that website, the Global Vodka Alliance. We're talking about knowing what it is you're drinking, which I'm all about. We're all about. This is our industry. I hope more and more consumers are more curious of what they're actually drinking because, you know, my mother-in-law bought fucking White Claw or something like that. And fuck that shit. I hate it so much. I hate these spiked seltzers so much. Did you see the Four Loko one? <laughs> no. That Four one Loko. I can get behind. Four Loko's well, coming out with one. I think it's like 14% or something. And classic, classic Four Loko style. And like a bunch of caffeine so you have a heart attack. <laughs> like I, I think they had to legally sell that as a sidecar. What I don't like about those seltzers, though, is they're all called like truly or pure or honest or real. And I'm like, my God, like they're using essence of cucumber and dropping it into water that's carbonated like a LaCroix, which don't get me wrong. I drink LaCroix from time to time. But like and then they're just putting the most neutral, basic. It's like I can't even remember what it says. It's like corn ethanol I can't, they put fuel in it essentially they just spike it with fuel and people are like these are so good they're tasty and i'm like i'm not one to judge if you like something go for it you drink it but kind of think about what it actually is I really, also i don't think really anyone has ever assumed you haven't judged something Zeno. you are one to judge that's literally why you <laughs> exist that's true but i like to say i'm not one to judge this whole alcoholic seltzer thing i think we go the route of what the shit vodka did and just double down the other way and say just we'll make a seltzer water alcoholic seltzer water call it cancer uh we'll absolutely just like drum up how unhealthy and disgusting it is and belittle you if you drink it and we'll just make bank sounds like a plan and on that note i have none final thoughts God damn it, Brian! <laughs> I didn't have a I didn't have a starting thought. I came in as a blank, neutral <laughs> vessel, neutral spirit, and a, a, you know a traditional vodka, and I got nothing. So you guys just fucking wrap this up, and I'm gonna drink some more of my whiskey. <laughs> neutral Western style thought. All right, so then I'm gonna ask you, what's the last movie you watched? Oh God. Um... The last movie I watched was Homeward Bound. The Incredible Journey. Oh, that's so good. Amanda's laughing in the other room <laughs> as loud as possible. All right, so I'm going to I'm going to I'll cue you into some of our uh, parental strategies here. This is way off topic, but Amanda came up with this great idea that during the summer we wanted the kids to have like as little as screen time as possible. But at the same time, you know, so they let them watch hunt for the bear. So they can hunt for the bear, exactly. Uh <laughs> But essentially, if we were going to let him do a movie, it had to be a movie. It was basically propaganda. This is Amanda's idea is we're going to propaganda our children and make them watch movies that heavily focus on like outdoor elements or like adventure or getting off your ass. So we've been doing like Little Rascals, Dennis the Menace, um, Apple Dumpling Gang, like anything that's cheesy outdoor stuff. And so the last one was Homeward Bound and the kids absolutely love it. And I admit, so have they not made outdoor themed movies since i don't think they make the them anymore mid 90s no no i mean no <laughs> they, they don't it's all within cities or um uh dungeons that that's all i know of those are the typical <laughs> movies that you make your kids watch 
Those are the typical movies. <laughs> dungeon movies. <laughs> dungeon movies. <laughs> Don't even know what dungeon. that would mean. Get outside because you're scared of daddy's dungeon. That took a real dark turn. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that it's been a while since we made the kids in the dungeon joke. Yeah. So we needed it. Thank you for the callback. Yeah. No, Homeward Bound's a great movie. That's a good, good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Michael J. Fox, he was fantastic. Really good in that. Yeah, Chance, that dog, is an American bulldog. That's the kind of dog I had. He died. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Michael J. Fox or the dog? <laughs> no, I'm sure Michael J. Fox is shaking about somewhere. Oh. I knew you were going to make the joke. I just kind of hoped you hadn't. No, I don't want to make that joke. That's an insensitive joke. Yeah, but I still laughed a little on the inside because I'm not a good person. <laughs> anyway, yes, Homeward Bound. Good, uh, good. He makes jokes about it, so it's okay. He does. He's funny as shit. Anyway, uh, yeah, what movies do you guys watch then? Or is that just the a last question one for I me? watched was, uh, was Shazam. It was pretty good. That is oh, a surprisingly yeah. good movie. Did not see it It's yet. It's uh, about the outdoors. Yeah, and foster children. So yeah, orphans. Orphans in the outdoors. It doesn't get much better than that, right? <laughs> I uh, I didn't watch a movie, but I finished the Downton Abbey series. Have you guys have ever heard of it? I have. I have. <laughs> and you don't think uh, of I me as a... I believe somebody just came out with a spirit. They do. Yeah, I just saw it. That's what made me think of it. Um, yeah, so Alyssa's whole family have all watched it. I kind of hate it, full disclosure, because it's just like a, a soap opera. It, time piece. it is it's a period piece soap opera and i can't watch anything after matthew died spoiler alert uh i just couldn't get back into yeah. it that was an absolute no bullshit. fuck that fuck matthew you know why he died see my wife made it better she said he wanted to leave the show he was done so they killed him off he did they literally got like he was doing some different movies and he couldn't reconcile his schedule so they killed him off no fuck that dude i had way harder time when the dog died because the dog dies, Brian. I ruined it. For oh, me. you did ruin it for me. But Wait, so is the was the show over? It's done. Being it is. They're making or... a movie, though. They're making a movie, and then yeah, okay. there is X Tangare Master Distiller. They've used Downton Abbey gin and whiskey. That's why I was so confused, though. I thought the show was like a five year ago thing, and he was just real late to the party. <laughs> well, I mean, it, no, that show is crazy popular, man. So like, popular. That show is crazy popular. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's. So I watch it in its entirety. Um, good job. Yeah, that's what's going to happen with if you don't have a good final thought. I'm going to ask you questions about fucking Cheez-Its or movies or something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's I am why keeping final thoughts. In. I am keeping final thoughts alive, god damn it. Never let it die. Never let it die. I don't think die. we did one last week, right? No, did I, I did, did. Yeah, one. I did. I did. I did Zeno's Grunt Form. That's you right. Did. It was on there. See? Felt real good, too. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that second half at some point. <laughs> Love you, dummies. Yeah, all right.